Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's up, guys, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Mr. J.D. Rice and a ton of other people uh, ask us our thoughts on Palpatine being a clone. So this news has recently trickled out um, after a few people got their hands on an advanced copy of the Rise of Skywalker novelization. We have our copy, but we haven't read it yet. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it says because I tend to stay away from leaks. Uh, there was also that interview with Ian McDermott who yeah. said something like there was a line in the script where Kylo says you're a clone and he says uh, more than a clone, less than a man. Uh, so, but, but I guess that didn't make it to the movie. I don't know if that's in the novelization. Maybe it is, but. Yeah, we're not going to really talk too much about what is actually written in the novelization because we want to save that conversation for when the book actually comes out. And we haven't read it, so <laughs> we can't. <laughs> yeah. So it's out there if you want to go searching for it. Um, the page about him being called a clone or something like that. But I'm more interested in what Ian McDermott said in that interview. Um, not really confirming or denying him being a clone, but I like the idea of more than a clone, less than a man. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I like that there's more to it than him just being a clone, if that's the case, but... I think probably the general gist is he's a clone. He probably did the transfer essence thing. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, never was in the Dark Empire comics where this all came about. I don't really blame Ray Carson because it's kind of like, I don't know, what else are you going to do? <laughs> like, I don't know what other options there are really. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I guess ultimately it doesn't really change anything about how I feel for the movie. I, I think that after having seen it i think it was a mistake to bring palpatine back at all just because i don't know it, it, it doesn't feel new or exciting to have him all of a sudden show up at the end so i don't know him being a clone doesn't make it better for me but it also doesn't make it worse it's i know a lot of people would probably come back with like well what would you have rather have seen if they didn't bring Palpatine back. Just Kylo Ren being the big bad. Uh, I, I think that there were other options. It's just Palpatine feels like a, we don't know what to do. Let's just bring him back. And it didn't feel built up. And my hope was that he would be used in a really interesting way. And I didn't feel like he was. Like his plan is never clear. I guess it, it was pretty convoluted in the prequels as well. So... There's that, but the fact that he's like, I want to get them together, but he didn't know that they were a dyad, and then he like accidentally finds out, and now I'm the big bad, and mm -hmm. I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me, so. I mean, it doesn't, it wasn't what I wanted either, but now that it's what we got, I'm kind of like, 
I've come to terms with it and I you know I like the idea of if it was an essence transfer into a cloned body um, because he's Darth Sidious and he's like pure evil it's causing the the body that he's in to decay and show and like basically that's why it looks the same and has kind of the same injuries like it's not a sustainable body for his essence that i think that is a nice touch and i i saw some people asking well like why did he look like that why not clone yourself to look young and handsome which is what happened in dark empire but in dark empire the body decays quickly so I do think that that's a nice touch that he's like falling apart and not gonna, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's going to make it much longer. He doesn't have fingerprints. Yeah. He doesn't have fingers. Like, <laughs> uh, So th- there are elements of it that I'm like, okay, that's a nice touch. It's just that unless you're a clone trooper, I'm not really a fan of clones. I don't like cloning main characters. So like that was always going to be an uphill battle for me having Palpatine come back. Not a fan of all the baby Snokes? <laughs> no, they're not even babies. They're like full-grown, messed-up-looking Snokes. And I, I, maybe the novel gets into that, too. <laughs> I, I don't know. He mentioned that in the in the interview. He's like, you saw the, the vat of Snokes that I apparently made, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew Kylo Ren wants to know if Lucasfilm will be focusing completely on the High Republic come August. I don't think so. I mean, I think we are going to get, it sounds like, August through probably December. I don't know what the comic release is going to look like. All the books will be out by October. The comics will probably continue on. But no, I don't think that they're going to do only High Republic and nothing else. I mean, we're going to get the Mandalorian still, where we know that there's going to be a third Alphabet Squadron book coming out next year. A new Thrawn trilogy starts this year. There's going to be plenty of stuff that's not the High Republic. It's just like, this is their first exploration into this era, so they're trying to make it a big thing. Yeah, it's going to be a big year for books, for Star Wars books. So if you're a fan of the books, it's going to be a good year for you. I think there's, (laughs) yeah, one every month at least, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I still don't know how to feel about the, the new Thrawn trilogy, but... I know there are plenty of people out there excited for that. I think there's going to be like a big concentration on the High Republic once this stuff starts rolling out. But I think, like you said, there's going to be the Mandalorian and uh, probably a few other things out that does not pertain solely to the High Republic. Yeah. Cassian, Kenobi, those are both, I think, coming in 2021. Like, I think Lucasfilm knows not to put all of their eggs into one basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's still going to be plenty to to read and digest if you are if you read the first High Republic book and go like, eh, I don't think this is for me. Do you think that we'll get like a video game announcement or a tease at like Celebration or something? I mean, I I want the High Republic to... I'm just under the assumption that I'm going to like it. So yeah, I want them to start announcing more stuff. Uh, I I think that they would want to see the reaction to the early stories first, but maybe they have a lot of confidence in these stories. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in those writers, and if they've already read these stories, then they could probably be like, yeah, let's start trickling out even more stuff. So... Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I would love to see more announcements at the High Republic panel or whatever at Celebration. Cameron French asks why the Nile are the main villains of the High Republic and not the Mandalorians. What makes them different? Yeah, we kind of talked about this last week, and I do agree with you that they seem very similar, at least on the surface. I think we're probably going to learn a lot more about them that sets them apart. But yeah, it feels like this roaming band of marauders and conquerors. And uh, yeah, I, I think that the Nile are going to be very chaotic. That's what I'm guessing. If we're talking D&D, they'll be chaotic evil. The Sith Order is more lawful evil. Maybe Mandalorians will be kind of like neutral evil. <laughs> and maybe they're not always evil. It's yeah. just that they butted heads with the this Jedi in the past. I think the Nile are going to be a much more lawless group. Um, I mean, the Mandalorians have so much baggage and like history. Well, I don't want to call it baggage, but like they've got their creeds and their clans and like they live by a fairly strict set of rules, uh, even more so as we see them in the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think these are just going to be like space pirates that have a bunch of different gangs and I don't know, maybe they all team up and take on the Jedi. Yeah, I could see, like, the Mandalorians have an empire, and they were at one point concerned with spreading their empire, their their section of space. The Nile might be more just like, we're here to mess stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and they might just go from planet to planet taking things. They might not have a home planet. Maybe they're constantly on the move. Yeah, I kind of like your idea that you just said that maybe they're different groups of space pirates or space vikings and then maybe the sith come along and say like hey you know if you all teamed up you could probably take on the jedi and just like cause some chaos yeah it'll be interesting to see if like something happens to where they want to go after the jedi or if like over time they've been like preparing to go after them for whatever reason um yeah, still a lot of questions there. And there's also just their methods. All we know really is that they use hyperspace in a dangerous way. And that is different from the Mandalorians. So I think there's still plenty for us to learn about them and that will set them apart from Mandalorians. And just right now, I agree. On the surface, it's like, oh, it's kind of similar. Yeah. Ryan Lavering wants to know what the differences in starfighters and capital ships we might see in the High Republic. So one of the big uh, complaints about KOTOR, and it's a nitpicky thing, is that the technology of the era 4,000 years before the prequels, it seems very similar. Just it looks a little different. Uh, I think that they're going to change that for the High Republic, which is only 200 years before. But if the Nile are able to use hyperspace in a dangerous way, I'm kind of expecting that hyperspace is going to look different. I think that might be the biggest change that we're going to see technologically is that hyperspace might not work the way we know it to work, and it could be more easily manipulated or attacked or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be something where hyperspace is a lot harder to navigate, and that's kind of hinted at with the Starlight spaceport being kind of a, a beacon in a way. Like... I imagine 
this is being like red lights set up throughout the galaxy <laughs> that you kind of have to like stop and go at whereas as we know it in like the current films it's just you just make jumps yeah i wonder if i mean it, we, we don't know the full-on timeline of the galaxy yet but i think they said that hyperspace was developed like ten thousand years ago but maybe it like maybe it was just a gamble every time you jumped and now like it's just getting to a point where it's like totally safe all the time uh i don't know but that that's what i think is going to be the biggest difference i think otherwise we're still going to get starfighters that shoot lasers and big old capital ships that hold the starfighters like that stuff i think is just gonna look different but my expectation right now is that hyperspace will be the big uh difference between the high republic and the clone wars era you know what i want to see i want to see like a, a solid starfighter but you have to go up in the front and do the do hand the crank. hand crank and then yeah every so often you gotta stop do it again starfighters will be uh father drawn i almost said horse drawn Ooh, but yeah. just, you, you just throw some cables on a pergill and just let that pull you through the galaxy or the fathers could uh have little helmets <laughs> space helmets little space helmets <laughs> Stephen Z. Smith asks, which upcoming Star Wars project we're most excited for? Um, all we really know about the one I think I'm most excited for is that it's in development. And just after Fallen Order, I'm excited for whatever next sequel it gets. <laughs> just the next video game? Well, it's... they're saying that there's... Uh, they haven't said there's a sequel coming, but they also, like, someone straight up asked the people that respawn are you working on a sequel? And they were like, I don't know what we can and can't say at this point, which to me says they're working on a sequel. <laughs> so I, I want Fallen Order 2, whatever that might be. Uh, I got to go with Kenobi. I'm pretty psyched about that. I don't like, I feel like whatever it is, whatever the story is going to be, I'm going to love it. And having Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan makes me little giddy yeah i love just all of the ideas of the tv shows so far and just having star wars be on like every week we get some new star wars that's really nice <laughs> so. i know i know that you've said a few times that like you're all about new stuff more and more new obviously stuff. i want kenobi yeah kenobi and like the cassian series or and the second season of mandalorian all the tv shows I'm super psyched for just because like I don't know what kind of movie we're gonna get next and I'm not worried about the movies right now at all all I'm concerned with are the tv shows and the books well the Mandalorian is still new enough I would say it's in a familiar time but they're all new characters and Cassian and K2 they're gonna be familiar characters but we've only really seen them for two hours it's not like the Skywalker saga where we've been like, yeah, we've been with these Skywalkers for a minute. Mm -hmm. Tons of movies and books and comics and like Cassian and K2 haven't gotten as much. So like I'm intrigued by that. Uh, and Kenobi, of course, is just we've spent a lot of time with Obi-Wan, but you can't turn down Ewan McGregor. So what are the chances you think of us seeing Vader in the Kenobi series? Uh, I still 
hope not, but I'll wait and see. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, if that's the case, I would want it to be like a Rogue One level of involvement. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, I don't, I'm still on the side of, I don't really want Obi Wan to leave Tatooine mm. unless it's for a, an insanely good reason, which there, there are possibilities there, but yeah. That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars Explained content like audio commentaries for the films, and we're doing commentaries for The Clone Wars. We're doing the new episodes right now, and we've just released the second one, and we'll be doing uh, yesterday's episode as soon as we can. On to YouTube questions, Jacob the Hodge asks, when Anakin let Rex know about him and Padme? Uh, I feel like the scene that we got in, not the most recent, but the one before of Clone Wars, I feel like that he's been onto that for a while. I agree. I My theory right now is that Anakin never told Rex on purpose. I bet Rex just like opened the door once and saw them doing their hand holdy through hologram thing and he's like what's that about and so anakin i could just see anakin getting caught oh yeah so i don't i don't know that he told rex but uh yeah i think that he's probably known for i don't know two years the the clone wars lasts for three years so i think that after a year they would have built up enough trust yeah i mean they're so close and like it just goes to show how much Rex means to Anakin that he can trust him with that kind of information and <laughs> trust him to guard the door when they have their little meetings and, you know, bang on it when old Obi-Wan comes yeah. jogging along like, what's going on, guys? I'm, I'm also laughing because it, it feels like, yeah, they've been doing this for a while because Rex feels he says something like, we don't have time for this. Like I don't I don't feel like doing this today. <laughs> Anakin's like, like, "No, we have time. Come on. Let's go." <laughs> Taco Bowler wants to know who the Sith Lords would have been during the time of the High Republic in Legends. Yeah, so like if there are two Sith Lords, well, there definitely are two Sith Lords running around during the High Republic. Who might they be? Just running around. They're running around trying to stay under the radar. Uh so Darth Tenebris's master died in 167 BBY in Legends. So I think it's possible that it could be uh, Tenebris as the apprentice and his master as the master, obviously. Uh, the other name that comes like next in line behind Tenebris's master is Darth Ramage, but there's no word on when he was alive. It's just a name that we've heard. So... Yeah, it's possible that we could be getting closer to, like, the Plagueis era. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I'm hoping for, um, that maybe Plagueis is around. But I don't know, like, it's a toss-up on whether or not they're going to use these names from Legends or if they're going to make new ones up. I guess, I it, like, yeah, that does give us a chance to explore Plagueis a little bit if he's the apprentice at that point in time. Uh, I think... I'd prefer that they go with brand new Sith Lords. I think that there's enough time for, uh, if they keep the name Tenebris, that that could be sometime in that 100 years. But uh, 
I, I think there, there's a chance for yeah. Tenebris. It, it would be cool if at some point down the line of the High Republic we get mention of Plagueis just because I, I want that to be set up at some point so that we get a Plagueis and Palpatine novel. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having James Lucino come back to kind of adapt the Darth Plagueis book. Uh, it it already fits pretty well. So, yeah. like, <laughs> I think he could change a couple things and it would be like, all right, it's back. Yeah. I mean, it's the same way that they brought Thrawn back and then started putting out new Thrawn books. I think they brought Palpatine back and a lot of people loved it. Uh, and... I know a lot of people would love to read a new Palpatine book. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking they're going to stay away from that for a while. I don't know why. I just think that... For a while, yeah. yeah. But like I said, like if they mention Plagueis at all in any of the content that we get in the High Republic, then that could be a starting point. Eli Lazaro asks, if the High Republic era and what we know about it make an updated Knights of the Old Republic series or game or anything less likely? likely. I kind of think so. <laughs> At least, like, it, it won't be a straight-up adaptation uh, just because it sounds like technologically they are changing the way the galaxy was and the Outer Rim wasn't as explored at that point in time, so... I guess they would have to mix up some of these planets. But on the other hand, like, I'm sure Moraband or Korriban, however you want to call that planet, like, that was a known place, even though it's way out in the Outer Rim. So I, I think that if they were to do it, they could still tell the story of Darth Revan and Darth Malgus, but it would look a lot different. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think all this makes it less likely, um, I think it's it would always be an option to go back in time even further, but it would be a while before we saw something like that because they obviously want to do a lot with the High Republic and maybe they'll jump way into the future after, you know, we get a bunch of the High Republic stuff, but... It's, a, it's always an option. I'm still hoping that whatever movies come next are going to be in the past, like even farther back than the High Republic. Uh, like I, I would love... Old Republic? Yeah. yeah. Old Republic, creation of the Jedi, anything. Um, Me too. Yeah. I, I want to go into the past more. So I, I'm just trying to say, like, will they do the straight up story of Revan and Malak? Oh, I said Malgus earlier. Uh, but he's still in that era, sort of. <laughs> like... I I think that like just an updated version of the game exactly as we know it is probably not going to happen. William Rose wants to know if the Jedi being at the height of their power means in terms of protecting the galaxy or how strong they are. I kind of think both. This goes back to a question we had previously, I think, about how the Jedi of the High Republic are going to interact with whatever kind of government is going on at the time because like if they have no war going on quite yet like this is a time of peace um i don't know if we'll have a need to see how powerful they are until you know the nile show up 
I, I kind of think that this will be the height of like when they are fulfilling their duties of being guardians of peace and justice. I think they're going to be doing that. I think that they're probably going to be more idealized, like kind of what we always imagined. Like when we saw Obi-Wan and Yoda, I kind of had this vision of what the Jedi must have been like when they were at the height of their power. And then we jumped into the prequels and it wasn't that. That's not what I envisioned. Uh, and I think that was on purpose. Um, but I think that maybe now this might be that ideal of what we all thought or what I thought. So I, I think that they probably will have a stronger connection to the Force because they will be fulfilling the role that they were meant to play. Mm -hmm. So I, I could see them being more powerful. I kind of feel weird referring to the force and like power after that Charles soul comic. Yeah. Their doors will be more open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as we've seen the force throughout the different timelines of star Wars, like the force is, has been changing. And so I think I've mentioned this before, but yeah, the earlier in time we go, I think the more prominent the force will be, just in everything. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. And like all the old temples that we see in the Fallen Order game, I think we'll be seeing a lot of cool stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, my main concern is like, if this is a time of peace, are they going to tell us about when there wasn't a time of peace in the past and like how they overcame that? to now be at the height of their power? I don't know. Well, I wonder if the Jedi have to be at a time of peace for them to be at their height, because, like, anytime you start fighting and resorting to violence, I think that means, like, oh, well, Jedi are probably going to be struggling with the dark side and making sure that whatever they do doesn't give way to fear and anger and hate. So uh, when you're fighting... <laughs> That, that's a lot harder to do when it's peacetime. It's pretty easy, but... Yeah, they're just out building a bunch of temples and training people just to have a good time. Yeah. So maybe this, <laughs> like, thousand-year period after the war with the Sith is just where they got to thrive, and mm -hmm. they didn't have to fight. There wasn't much worry. Um, but we do know, thanks to Dooku Jedi Lost, about, like, a member of the Lost Twenty that leaves the order. And I think we're probably going to see why that happens. And there was a Padawan that got kicked out. So there were still some troublemakers in there. Yeah. Matt B asks if we'll have to read all of the high Republic content to know what's going on in the overall story. I think they brought this up in the announcement briefly. So the way that I understand it right now is I think these first five stories are going to kind of tell the story of the great disaster, but from five different points of view. So the Charles Soule novel is going to kick everything off. And then you're going to get the young reader, like middle grade book. And then there's a YA novel and then uh, a Marvel comic and an IDW comic. And the IDW comic will probably be uh, aimed at younger readers. So do you have to read all five of those stories uh, I don't think you'll have to to understand everything. What I'm imagining this is going to be like is that each story is going to introduce a new 
main character and then eventually like avengers style they will all come together when that happens i bet you're going to be introduced to each character at least enough in that story so that you won't be totally lost yeah um because i mean like i'm excited for the star wars adventures comic that's coming out for this but when i read the adventures comics like it's very clearly they're not for me and mm-hmm. they're trying to let they're going to try to let younger readers get involved into this high republic and same for the middle grade book so i don't think you're going to be lost if you just read one or two of these things yeah i feel like the charles soul novel and the marvel comic um will be the two biggest things like if you're going to try to pick and choose i would say maybe those two things and then yeah the claudia gray novel just because she makes great books (laughs) yeah and matt like in your question uh you say that you don't really have any interest in reading a ya novel i would really recommend you give it a shot because i i had the same thought when i was gonna read uh lost stars by claudia gray it's a ya novel and in my head i was like well i'm not a young adult like this is (laughs) this not gonna be for me and uh now I love YA books because really, and Claudia Gray herself told me this at Dragon Con because I told her that story. She was like, all YA means is that it's about young adults and they're growing up. That's it. And like so much of Star Wars is about that. So like, I, I would really recommend it. She's a fantastic writer. Uh, I'm looking forward to that book just as much as Light of the Jedi, but Yeah, I think Light of the Jedi and the Marvel comic are going to be the two that are targeted to people our age. The YA is going to be more accessible and easier to read, but I'm sure it's still going to be fantastic. And then the middle grade novel and the IDW comic are going to be for like middle grade readers and the comics probably even younger. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people hear YA and assume it's going to be more like middle grade type. Uh, content but yeah I, I love YA stuff and I, I was most of the YA Star Wars books like they have gotten they've gotten into more adult material than the adult novels like yep. they're usually about characters who are 18 or 19 and like Luke and Leia right Luke and Leia were young adults sort of <laughs> yeah that's like I mean so much of Star Wars is like a young adult story so like i i wouldn't let the ya label scare you off i mean with the young adult novels the hormones are a flowing so some of those books have some steamy scenes that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.